0: Christian Parent Crazy World with Katherine Seegers is brought to you by Life Audio and is part of our Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith-affirming podcasts, visit lifeaudio.com. Welcome to Christian Parent Crazy World, the podcast that tackles tough topics to help you raise godly kids in an ungodly world. I'm your host, Katherine Seegers, and today's episode tackles this vital question. How do you discover your purpose in life? Do you know that you have a purpose in life? Like beyond parenting, beyond what you do for a living even perhaps, beyond paying the bills and doing the chores and feeding the kids, you have a purpose in life, something that God created for you to do before you were ever even born. God had a very specific part for you to play in the grand story he is writing throughout all of history. Yep, he does. That is what scripture teaches us. And I'm going to show you where in just a sec. You know, my pastor likes to say, the two most important days of your life are the day that you are born and the day you find out why you were born. In this podcast, I'm going to talk about how to discover why you were born. I want to help you uncover and grow in your purpose in life. I'm going to give you the five Ps of finding your purpose, just like a good old-fashioned sermon. That's what they teach preachers to do in preaching school, at least. So I hear, you know, you give them five points and start them all off with the same letter. Isn't it funny when they do that? Usually usually one of them does not quite fit. You know, they kind of force it. But I really think that all of these P's fit. You'll have to write me and let me know what you think. Discovering your purpose in life really does tie into your parenting in a big way. Because, you see, when your kids see you living out your purpose in life, they're going to be inspired to live out theirs. And as I mentioned in the last podcast, obviously being a parent is, is a part of your purpose. It's a central part of your purpose, but it is not your whole purpose in life. It isn't. Believe it or not, you you were created for more than just raising kids. The majority of people live and die without ever discovering their purpose in life, the reason God created them. Isn't that sad? But what is even more sad is that the majority of Christians, the majority of the people who know the God who created them with a purpose to fulfill for his kingdom, they never discover what that purpose is. They never realize why they were put on this earth. How sad is that? It is, it's, it's tragic, really. So, in this episode, I'm going to start off by giving you some scriptures that show you how God planned your life before you were ever born. Then, I'm going to give you a really cool analogy that's going to help you see how important understanding your purpose is in life. Then, I will give you those five P's that will help you to find your purpose in life. Sound like a plan? Sounds like a plan to me. So, let's get started. Love this verse out of Jeremiah chapter one. This is God speaking to one of the great Old Testament prophets. He says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you before you were born. I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. This verse has a very special meaning to me. If you've listened to, uh, I think it was episode 14, How to Battle for Your Kids in Prayer, I shared my testimony about how we were done having kids. And then I started having all these dreams about a little boy when I was 42, over and over and over. And this child, this child was in the mind of God before he was ever in my mind. He existed in God's mind. Listen to this verse from Isaiah. This is Isaiah talking. He says, before I was born, the Lord called me. From my mother's womb, he has spoken my name. He made my mouth like a sharpened sword. In the shadow of his hand, he hid me. King David says, and in Psalm 139, he says, you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Jeremiah and Isaiah and David weren't some special cases. God didn't plan out their days and not yours. He didn't anoint them with gifts and and not you. What he did for them, he has done for you. He has a plan, a purpose for your life. Ephesians 2.20, I Love this verse. It says that, it says that you are God's masterpiece. He created you anew in Christ Jesus so you could do the good things He planned for you long ago. Before, before you were born, before you were conceived, before you were even an idea in your mother's mind, God had a plan for you. And I don't care what the circumstances were that brought you here, whether you were planned by your parents or not. God had a plan. When you were formed in your mother's womb. And he had a plan when he formed your children. A very special purpose for you and your kids to fulfill for his kingdom. It's not an accident that you were born when you were and where you were. Here's that really helpful analogy. And, you know, I'm not even going to charge you extra for it. Have you ever seen a blueprint? I'm sure you have. You know, it's just one of those documents that shows all the measurements and plans for a building. Can you imagine, can you, can you even imagine a construction crew showing up on a site and, and pouring a foundation without ever looking at a blueprint of what they were going to build? Can you imagine what kind of structure they would create if they didn't have a blueprint, a plan? If, if they didn't consider the, the lay of the land, if they didn't formulate the exact dimensions, if they didn't purchase the right materials, if they didn't consider the kind of structure they were trying to build, is it is it supposed to be a house or, or an apartment complex or a barn or a business? Is it a grocery store or, or a restaurant or a school or a, a courthouse? You would never build a building like that without a blueprint, would you? Of course not. You would need a blueprint to build a regular old run-of-the-mill house, much less a masterpiece. And scripture says that you are a masterpiece, God's masterpiece. And he has a blueprint for your life. He had that blueprint before you were ever even born. So many Christians build their lives without ever considering the finished structure that God intended for them to build, without consulting the master architect who created them to see what he intended the structure of their life to be. I guess you could say a lot of Christians just show up on the job site and start building something like that construction crew without a blueprint or they might have a blueprint, but it might not be the right blueprint. So I want to ask you today, do you have a blueprint for your life? And if you do, is it your blueprint or God's blueprint? A lot of people have blueprints for their lives. They have plans, but very few people know what God's blueprint is for their lives. Honestly, that was, that was me for a very long time, like, My first 15 years of adulthood, I I had a blueprint. It was based off of some of my giftings. It made sense. It involved a lot of things that, in retrospect, I see were not on God's blueprint because it was my blueprint. It's what I wanted. It wasn't what God wanted for my life. It was only when I laid down my blueprint that God started to reveal his blueprint for my life. If you don't know what that blueprint is for your life, or you don't have one yet, or if you suspect you may be working off of the wrong blueprint, don't worry. We're going to talk about that today. And these five Ps are going to help you define your purpose, and your kids define their purpose as well. Here are the five Ps defining your purpose. This first P seems really simple, but don't skip it. Pray for God. To reveal your purpose, you need to pursue your purpose in prayer. I, you know, I I should get extra bonus points for all those extra P's, don't you think? I do. Anyways, so you need to ask God to show you what your purpose is. He wants to. Believe me, he wants to show you. I, I love this verse from Isaiah. It's one of my favorite verses. These are uh, 10 and 11 of Isaiah 46. I make known, this is God speaking. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. I say my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. What I have said, that I will bring about. What I have planned, that will I do. It is the very nature of God to make known, to reveal what is to come to those who seek him. I love the story of Joseph in scripture. He he has these dreams as a boy where he sees his future, where God is revealing what is to come, making known what is to come. And he sees his brothers symbolically bowing down to him. God was showing Joseph a blueprint for his life the fulfillment of that plan that purpose it was it was like over 20 years away god loves to reveal what is to come he loves to it's it's kind of his thing you know prophecy is one of the great confirmations that scripture is true god has spoken to people throughout history and told them what was going to happen both corporately throughout all of history about major events and about events in their individual lives sometimes He will speak about major events hundreds of years before they happen, sometimes thousands. There are over 300 prophecies that were fulfilled in the life of Jesus alone. God wants to reveal the blueprint of your life to you step by step, one right choice after another, one act of surrender after another. That is so critical. As you are praying for God to reveal your purpose, you need to place something very important on the altar. You need to place your blueprint on the altar. And you need to let God analyze it and get rid of anything that he did not intend to be on your blueprint. You need to to let God add anything that you don't have on your blueprint. If you're like me, he might just have to scrap the whole thing and start over. Seriously, seriously. That is pretty much what happened to me. I, I, I didn't move to the big city. I didn't make my way to Broadway. I didn't win a Tony and write a Pulitzer Prize winning play. Instead, I became a homeschooling mom with five kids and, and a writer of nonfiction and a, and a podcaster and a speaker. That was definitely not on my blueprint, but it was on his blueprint. Ultimately, when you pray for God to reveal your purpose You need to pray the very prayer that Jesus prayed in the garden. Not my will, but yours, God. Your will be done in my life. That is a prayer God will answer every single time. I I love this verse, Proverbs 25, 2. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, to search out a matter, is the glory of King's. God may conceal exactly what his purpose for your life is, but when you start seeking him and asking him, he will let you know. It is your divine right as a child of the most high God to search out your purpose. So pray for God to reveal your purpose and then then put up your spiritual antenna because he's going to show you his plan step by step. Step number two, you need to plant yourself to find your purpose. I'm going to spend a little more time on this step because it is so important. I really believe if you miss this one, you are going to miss your purpose, your calling in life. This is the step or the P that I missed for most of my young adult life for like all of my 20s into my 30s, totally missed it. Despite having gone to a Christian undergraduate school and a a Christian graduate school, I did not plant myself. You need to plant yourself to find your purpose. Where do you plant yourself? Well, scripture is pretty clear on this one. You plant yourself in the church, the local church. You see, God's purpose on earth is fulfilled by his body. His body is the church. It's the local church. And that is where God prepares you for your purpose. His corporate purpose in the earth through his church is connected to your individual purpose. They go together. You can't Really separate them. That that is where you need to plant yourself. And like I was saying, for the first 15 years of my adult life and in the first 10 years of my marriage, we went to church and we were faithful tithers. But really, the only place we planted ourselves was on the pew. We did not invest ourselves in the work of the church. You know, this is funny. I kind of had this view of the church like it was a, a cruise ship. And I thought that some people are on the crew and, and then the others are passengers. And I was a passenger. And us passengers, you know, we got off at various ports and we went out into the, the world and evangelized and we shared the gospel with our coworkers and friends and we would, you know, we'd make a difference there. We would do God's work out in the real world. You can visualize the air quotes there. But there was a crew that was called to work at the church in ministry. And that was a, you know, different group of people. That is how i thought of the church that is actually not a biblical view of the church at all really i didn't know that but i had been floundering around for quite some time trying to build the structure on my blueprint and i was i was pretty frustrated actually i was i was constantly striving always second guessing myself i was insecure i was unfulfilled depressed never satisfied ever ever And I was reading this book at one point. It is called uh, Driven by Eternity by John Bevere. And this one section of the book stopped me dead in my tracks. In the book, Bevere says, quote, The key to finding your purpose is being planted in the local church. Here we will flourish. You may have a life calling to do something great, but it will not mature properly if it is not first birthed from being planted in the local church. He goes on to say, the calling on your life will come to you in seed form. If I plant myself in the church, I will reach my God-given destiny. If not, I may use the gifts in my life for a different purpose than my creator intended. You know, I read that and I was like, wow. It was one of those rare light bulb moments in life for me. This, this was it. This was the missing link for me. How did I miss that? Like I said, I had gone to a Christian undergraduate and graduate school. I'd been in church all my life and somehow I was missing one of the very first steps to fulfilling God's call on my life. I, I wasn't planted in my church. And at that point we were, we were pregnant with our first child and we were moving to another state. And I told my husband, look, Brian, I don't know what's going to happen to my acting and my writing career when we get there. Don't know. But when we get there, we are going to plant ourselves in the church. We are going to let our roots go down deep. We are going to build significant relationships in the church, and we are going to invest ourselves in the work of the church, in ministry. And that's exactly what we did. And in the course of doing just that— as we were faithful to plant ourselves in church, God began to reveal our purpose as a family and as individuals. I would not be doing, I'm not kidding you, I would not be doing this podcast today or writing in the capacity that I am right now, which I know is God's purpose on my life, if I had not First, invested myself in the local church, and I'm still invested in that. I'm still ministering there. I would not be doing what I'm doing now. I really don't think my husband would be flourishing in his career either. God's purpose for your life is connected to you being planted, to to doing some kind of ministry in the church as well. Whether that is helping someone find a parking place or, or changing a diaper or helping with audiovisual aspects of the service or leading worship or, or leading a Bible study or, you know, being a senior pastor. Everyone has a job to do in the church. We are all a part of the body. We are not spectators. We aren't, we aren't passengers waiting to get off at the next port. At least we're not supposed to be. Listen to this verse, Psalm 92, it's verses 12 and 13. It says, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. When you plant yourself in the local church, that is when you will flourish. And that is where God clarifies your calling When you are faithful to invest yourself in His work, that opens the door for God to invest Himself in your work. It's that simple. Try it. You know, what do you have to lose? I feel like I need to add this little addendum here very, very briefly. I know That the church is imperfect. I know that many people, probably many of you, have been wounded in the church. Perhaps even wounded by the church. I've been in the church a long time. Like half a century now. I have seen some sad stuff. And I know what you've experienced because I've experienced it too. But the church is still Christ's body. Ask God to show you what church he wants you to be in and let him heal you there. Because if you want to be in tune with God's individual purpose for your life, you have to plant yourself in God's corporate purpose in the church. Step number three, this is our third P, allow God to prune you for your purpose. (sighs) You know, this is where the rubber meets the road. This is where it gets a little hard. Pruning, pruning is hard. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know if you've ever seen that video, the, the jumps are hard video. It's so funny. <laughs> I'll post a link. But yeah, pruning, pruning is hard. But pruning is a part of every plant's life. We cannot produce all the fruit that God intended unless we are pruned. John, in John chapter 15, verses 1 and 2, Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so it will be even more fruitful. Every branch. (laughs) That is a sobering thought, but these are red-letter words. These are Jesus's words. You know... When I was younger, we used to hear these verses all the time in church and in mainstream Christian circles. We don't hear them very much anymore. Pruning isn't pleasant. Seriously, who wants to be pruned? No one. But if we want to fulfill God's purpose in our life, there will be pruning involved. I mentioned Joseph earlier. He had, he had these dreams about God's purpose for his life. Seriously, big plans. All of his brothers would bow down to him. In fact, he would become the second most powerful man in all of Egypt. But where did he end up right after having those, those big dreams about his purpose? In a pit. And then he became a slave in Egypt and then he went to prison for like a couple of decades. Yeah, Joseph was pruned. For a very long time, you cannot accomplish God's purpose for your life in your own strength. And the pruning process is designed by God to rid you of every human tendency to rely on your own strength, your own gifts, your own reasoning. Bottom line, if you do not allow God to prune you, you will not accomplish his purpose for your life. You will accomplish your own purpose purpose. You will build the structure on your own blueprint, not his. What does it look like when we don't allow God to prune us? Ugh. Well, it, it looks a lot like a fence. We get offended and we, we give up on whatever ministry opportunity or, or venture he's put in our way. We give up on our, our Christian circles. We may give up on the church altogether, but we need to remember that if we want to build God's blueprint, we have to let him prune us. His purpose, his blueprint is eternal. Ours is not. So we need to get busy building his blueprint because it's the only blueprint that's going to last. Step number four, you need to persevere for your purpose. Fulfilling God's purpose on your life is not going to come easily. If it did, everyone would do it. Perseverance requires faith and, and a lot of sweat. In some ways, like pruning, it can be pretty unpleasant. But you see, pruning is about what God needs to get rid of in your life in order to fulfill your purpose. Perseverance is about what God needs to build into your life in order to fulfill. Your purpose. Pruning is about getting rid of the weaknesses and the crutches and man-made methods and our lack of faith. Perseverance is strength training. It's, It's protein powder. You are building stamina and building faith and building spiritual muscles to go the distance. Think of David in scripture. You know, he fought a lion and a bear before he ever fought a giant. And why did David have faith to fight a giant? Because he had fought a lion and a bear. And he was victorious. As a shepherd, you know, having to fight a bear or a lion is (laughs) it's a pretty bad day at the office, right? But our bad days, our worst days, are often preparation for a future victory. I shared my testimony in episode fourteen of how we had lost a child who we named Hope. That was that was a bad day. It was really a bad season, but that loss motivated me to persevere for the promise of our fifth child. I want to share with you one more example of our need for perseverance from the book I mentioned earlier called Driven by Eternity. And I'll I'll give you a link for an online devotional by John Bevere with the same story. I read this story years ago, and I have never, ever forgotten it. It has really shaped my thinking on fulfilling my purpose and the need for perseverance. Brevere tells a story of a pastor friend who had built a thriving church and he he noticed an elderly white-haired gentleman who became a regular attendee. And week after week after week, this man would sit up near the front and he would weep during the service. Finally, this older man approached someone on staff at the church and he shared his story. You see, he was a businessman, but God had called him to start Started a church in that city like 10 years earlier. So he left his position in the business world and, and worked to plant this church. God even gave him a vision for the building that was so specific that he had an artistic rendering of it created. It was a blueprint of the church that God had called him to build. But there were a lot of obstacles and the road was very difficult and the man gave up and, and went back to the business world. He wept as he told the the church worker this story. Then he reached into his pocket and pulled out a piece of paper, which he unfolded. And on that sheet of paper was the artistic rendering of the church the Lord told him to build. The church worker was shocked. It was nearly an exact replica of the very church they were sitting in, the church that this other pastor had built. This man was heartbroken. He, he didn't persevere. He didn't press through the obstacles to obtain the prize of his purpose. Now they did minister to this man. And, and they helped him to find healing and restoration. No matter where you are on your journey. No matter how badly you may have screwed up or given up. God always, always had a plan to get you back on track. But I read this story years ago, and it stuck with me. It's so appropriate for this teaching I'm giving you on purpose because I started off talking about God's blueprint for your life. His blueprint, just like the architectural rendering this man had drawn up, is very detailed and specific. Are you building God's blueprint for your life? Do you know what it is? Did you get discouraged somewhere along the way and, and lose sight of what God called you to do? If you did, that's okay. I've done that too. Many people in scripture did that. Abraham and Sarah lost sight of God's blueprint because it seemed so impossible. God promised that they would have a child in their old age, but they kept getting older and older and older and it hadn't happened. So they came up with their own plan, their own blueprint. They tried to conceive the promised child in their own way, not God's way. That is called an Ishmael, by the way, because that is the name of the child they conceived through their own man-made worldly methods. Ishmael is your blueprint. Isaac, the promised child, that is God's blueprint. And it took 25 years from the, the promise to the fulfillment of God's blueprint for Abraham and Sarah. And they had some pretty, pretty epic fails along the way. We all do. But God's grace is sufficient believe God's call on your life and persevere to see it fulfilled. And finally, step number five, you need to praise God as you pursue your purpose. This one's simple, but it's not easy I shared a a verse a few episodes ago that the Lord gave me before I had miscarried our child that we had named Hope. He had already given me this scripture. It's Psalm 144, verse 1. Praise be to the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war, my fingers for battle. We need to praise him as we seek our purpose, as we battle for it. Nothing irritates the enemy more than having a victory party in advance of our victory. You don't see that in life very often. You don't see that on the football field. They don't spike the ball before they make the touchdown. They don't pull out the champagne in the World Series before the end of the ninth inning. But we praise God for who he is and for our victory before, during, and after our victorious battles as believers. People who fulfill their God-given purpose in life are people of prayer. People who plant themselves in Christ's body in the church. They are people who allow God to prune them without losing their faith. They are people who persevere. And all the while, they keep praising God. They never stop praising him. Fulfilling your purpose in life is It's not an easy road. It's the road less traveled that that Robert Frost immortalized in his poem, The Road Not Taken. I love this poem. It's so beautiful. Two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. People who fulfill their God-given purpose in life take a road less traveled A road filled with prayer and and planting and pruning and perseverance and, and praise. In conclusion, consider this. The question is not, do I have a purpose in life? Scripture is clear. You do. The question is then, will I discover God's purpose for my life? And then, will I fulfill God's purpose for my life? Or, Will I usurp God's purpose for my life with my own? Will I build my life from my own blueprint? Or will I build it from His? (laughs) I encourage you to fulfill your purpose by praying, planting, allowing God to prune you, then persevere, all the while praising God. And as you do this, you will be modeling for your kids how to fulfill their purpose in life, too. I want to thank you for joining me today. Look, I know there are a lot of things you could be listening to right now, and I really appreciate that you took this time to spend with me. I hope you will join me for my next podcast when we take aim at some aspect of our culture that threatens to derail our parenting and steal our kids' faith. If you enjoyed this episode of Christian Parent Crazy World, would you consider telling a friend and, and sharing it on social media and giving it a good review and following me on Facebook and Instagram? Oh, oh, and I know maybe you could get a Christian Parent Crazy World tattoo. <laughs> I mean, like not on your face, you know, just your forearm or hand, just, you know, just a thought. Uh, and be sure to check out my website, which is katherinesegers.com. That's Katherine with the C. I have lots of articles and resources there that will help you on your parenting journey. And if you subscribe, I will be sure to send you some really cool free stuff and notify you of future podcasts, articles, and blogs. I want to end this and every episode with a word of encouragement. God gave you. Your kids, your specific kids for a reason. That's because you hold the key to unlocking who God created them to be. We'll see you next time. Christian Parent Crazy World is a production of Life Audio and the Salem Web Network. To hear more from Katherine Seegers, visit her site, Katherinesegers.com. If you enjoyed this episode, would you take a minute and leave us a rating and review in your podcast app? It really does help us connect to more listeners like you. A special thanks to Kelly Gibbons, Stephen Sanders, and Stephen McGarvey for their production and editing on this episode. You can find more podcasts like this over at lifeaudio.com.